Chapter 7 of Recruit for Andromeda by Stephen Marlowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7. It could have been a city in New England, or maybe Wisconsin. Main Street stretched for half a mile from Town Hall to the small department store. Neon tubing brightened every storefront. Busy proprietors could be seen hard at work through the large plate glass windows. There was the bustle you might expect on any main street in New England or Wisconsin, but you could not draw the parallel indefinitely. There were only men, no women. The hills in which the town nestled were too purple. Not purple with distance, but the natural color of the grass. A somber red sun hung in the pale mauve sky. This was Earth City, nowhere. Arcalion had deposited Temple in the nearby hills, promised they would see one another again. It may not be so soon, Arcalion had said. But what's the difference? You'll spend the rest of your life here. You realize you were lucky, Kit. If you hadn't come, you would have been dead these five thousand years. Well, good luck. Dead five thousand years. The earth as he knew it, dust. Stephanie, a fifty-generation corpse. Nowhere was right. End of the universe. Temple shuffled his feet, trudged on into town. A man passed him on the street, stooped, gray-haired. The man nodded, did a mild double-take. I'm an unfamiliar face, Temple thought. Howdy, he said. I'm new here. That's what I thought, stranger. Know just about everyone in these hair parts I do, and I said to myself, now there's a newcomer. Funny you didn't come the regular way. I'm here said Temple. Yeah, funny thing, you get to know everyone. Uh, what you say your name was? Christopher Temple. Make it my business to know everyone. The neighborly way, I always say. Temple, eh? We have one here. One what? Another fellow name a Temple. Jace Temple, son. I'll be damned! Temple cried, smiling suddenly. I will be damned. Tell me, old-timer, where can I find him? Might be any place. Town's bigger than it looks. I tell you, though, Jace Temple's our coordinator. You'll find him there, the coordinator's office. Town hall, down the end of the street. I already passed it, Temple told the man, and thanks. Temple's legs carried him at a brisk pace, past the row of storefronts and down to the town hall. He read a directory, climbed a flight of stairs, found a door marked, Jason Temple, Earth City Coordinator. Heart pounding. Temple knocked, heard someone call, Come in! He pushed the door in and stared at his brother, just rising to face him. Kit? Kit! What are you doing? So you took the journey too? Jason ran to him, clasped his shoulders, pounded them. You sure are looking fit, Kit. You could have knocked me over with half a feather coming in like that. You're looking great too, Jace. Temple lied. He hadn't seen his brother in five years, had never expected to see him again, but he remembered a full-faced, smiling man somewhat taller than himself, somewhat broader across the shoulders. The Jason he saw looked forty-five or fifty, but was hardly out of his twenties. He had fierce, smoldering eyes, gaunt cheeks, graying hair. He seemed a bundle of restless, nervous energy. Sit down, Kit. Start talking, kid brother. Start talking and don't stop till next week. Tell me everything. Everything! Tell me about the blue sky and the moon at night and the way the ocean looks on a windy day and five years, said Temple. Five years. 
5,000, you mean? Jason reminded him. It seems hardly possible. How are the folks, Kit? Mom's fine. Pop, too. He's sporting a new Chambers Converto. You should see him, Jace. Sharp. And Anne? Jason looked at him, hopefully. Anne had been Jason's, Stephanie. But for the nowhere journey, they would have married. Anne's married, Temple said. Oh. Oh. That's swell, Kit. Really swell. I mean, what the hell? A girl shouldn't wait forever. I told her not to anyway. She waited four years, then met a guy and a nice guy? The best, said Temple. You'd like him. Temple saw the vague hurt come to Jason's smoldering eyes. Then it was the same. One part of Jason wanted her to remain his over an unthinkable gap. Another part wanted her to live a good, full life. I'm glad, said Jason. Can't expect a girl to wait without hope. Then there's no hope we'll ever get back. Jason laughed harshly. You tell me. Earth isn't merely 60,000 light years away. Kit, do you know what a light year is? Temple said he thought he did. 60,000 of them. A dozen eternities. But the Earth we know is also dead. Dead 5,000 years. The folks, Center City, Anne, her husband, all dust. 5,000 years old. Don't mind me, Kit. Sure, sure, I understand. But Temple didn't. Not really. You couldn't take 5,000 years and chuck them out the window in what seemed the space of a heartbeat, and then realize they were gone permanently, forever. Not a period of time as long as all of recorded civilization. You couldn't take it, tack it on after 1992, and accept it. Somehow, Temple realized, the 5,000 years were harder to swallow than the 60,000 light years. Well, with a visible effort, Jason snapped out of his reverie. Temple accepted his cigarette gratefully his first in a long time, in fifty centuries, he thought bitterly, burrowing deeper into a funk. Well, said Jason, I'm acting like a prize boob. How selfish can I get? There must be an awful lot you'd like to know, Kit. That's all right. I was told I'd be indoctrinated. Ordinarily you would, but there's no shipment now. None for another three months. Say, how the devil did you get here? That's a long story. Nowhere journey, same as you, but with a little assist to speed things up on Mars. Jace, tell me this. What are we doing here? What is everyone doing here? What's the nowhere journey all about? What kind of a glorified foot race did I see a while ago with a bunch of creatures out of the teleo science fiction shows? Jason put his own cigarette out, changed his mind, lit another one. Sort of like the old joke. Where does an alien go to register? Sort of. It's a big universe, said Jason, evidently starting at the beginning of something. I'm just beginning to learn how big. It would be pretty unimaginative of mankind to consider itself the only sentient form of life, Earth the only home of intelligence, both from a scientific and a religious point of view. We kind of expected to find neighbors out in space. Kit, the sky is full of stars. Most stars have planets. The universe crawls with life, all sorts of life, all sorts of intelligent life. In short, we are not alone. It would be sort of like taking the jet shuttle from Washington to New York during the evening rush and expecting to be the only one on board. In reality, you're lucky to get breathing space. There are biped intelligences like humans. There are radial intelligences. One-legged species, tall, gangling creatures, squat ones, pancake ones, giants, dwarfs. 
There are green skins and pink skins and coal black. And yes, no skins. There are... Uh, but you get the idea. Uh-huh. Strangely enough, most of these intelligences are on about the same developmental level. It's as if the creator turned everything on at once, like a race, and said, Okay, guys, get started. Maybe it's because, as scientists figure, the whole universe got wound up and started working as a unit. I don't know. Anyway, that's the way it is. All the intelligences worth talking about are about the same cultural level. Atomics, crude spaceflight, wars they can't handle. And this is interesting, Kit. Most of them are bipedal. Not really human, not fully human. You can see the difference. But 75% of the races I've encountered have had basic similarities. A case of the creator trying to figure out the best of all possible life patterns and coming up with this one. Offers a wide range for action, for adaptation, stuff like that. Anyway, I'm losing track of things. Take it easy. From what you tell me, I have all the time in the world. Well, I said all the races are developmentally parallel. That's almost true. One of them is not. One of them is so far ahead that the rest of us have hardly reached the crawling stage by comparison. One of them is the super race, Kit. Their culture is old, incredibly old. So old, in fact, that some of us figure it's been hanging around since before the universe took shape. Maybe that's why all the others are on one level, a few thousand million years behind the super race. So, take this super race. For some reason, we can't understand. It seems to be on the skids. That's just figurative. Maybe it's dying out. Maybe it wants to pack up and leave the galaxy altogether. Maybe it's got other undreamed-of business, other undreamed-of places. Anyway, it wants out. But it's got an eon-old storehouse of culture, and maybe it figures someone ought to have access to that to keep the galaxy in running order. But who? That's the problem. Who gets all this information, a million, million generations of scientific problems all carefully worked out? Who, among all the parallel races on all the worlds of the universe? That's quite a problem, even for our super race boys. You'd think they'd have ways to solve it, though. With the calculating machines, or whatever will follow calculating machines after Earthmen and all others find the next faltering step after a few thousand years. Or with plain horse sense and logic, developed to a point after millions of years at it, where it never fails. Or solve the problem with something we've never heard of, but solve it anyway. What's all this got to do with... I mean, it's an interesting story, and when I get the chance to digest it, I'll probably start gasping. But what about nowhere and I'm coming to that, Kit? What would you say if I told you that the most intelligent race the universe has ever produced solves the biggest problem ever handed anyone by playing games? I'd say you better continue. That's the purpose of nowhere, Kit. Every planet, every race has its nowhere. We all come here and we play games. Planet with the highest score at the end of God knows how long wins the universe. With all the science, the wisdom needed to fashion that universe into a dozen different kinds of heaven. And to decide all this, we play games. Don't get the wrong idea. I'm not complaining. But if the Superboys say we play, then we play. I'd take their word for it if they told me I had 15 heads. But it's the sort of thing which doesn't let you get much sleep. Oh, Earth has a right to be proud of its record. United North America is in second place on a competition that's as wide as the universe. But we're not first. Second. And I have a hunch from what's been going on around here that the games are drawing to a close. Fantastic, isn't it? Out of thousands of entrants, we're good enough to play second. 
but some planet out near the star Deneb has us hopelessly outclassed. We might as well get the booby prize. They'll win and own the universe, us included. Jason had leaned forward as he spoke and was sitting on the edge of his chair now. The room was comfortably cool, but sweat beaded his forehead, dripped from his chin. Temple lit another cigarette, inhaling deeply. He said the United States, North America, was second. I thought this was a planet-wide competition, planet against planet. Earth is the one exception I've been able to find. The Deneb planet heads the list, then comes North America. After that, the planet of a star I've never heard of. In fourth place is the Soviet Union. I'll be damned, said Temple. Well, okay. Mind if I store that away for future reference? I've got other questions. What kind of, uh, games do we play? You name it. Mental contests, scientific problems to be worked out with laboratories built to our specifications, emotional problems with scores of men driven neurotic, or worse every year, problems of adaptability, responses to environmental challenge, stamina contests, tests of strength, of endurance, tests to determine depths of emotion, tests to determine objectivity in what should be an objective situation. But the way everything is organized, it's almost like a giant-sized, never-ending Olympic Games, complete with some cockeyed sports events, too, by the way. With all the pageantry, too? No, but that's another story. Anyway, what I saw was a foot race. And sorry, Jace, but I have another question. Jason shrugged, spread his hands wide. How come all this talk about rotation? It isn't possible, not with a 50-century gap. I know. They just let us in on that little deal a couple of years ago. Till then, we didn't know. We thought it was distance only. In time, after all this was over, we could go home. That's what we thought, Jason said bitterly. Actually, it's twice 5,000 years. Five to come here, five to return. 10,000 years separate us from the Earth we know, and even if we could go home, that wouldn't be going home at all. To Earth 10,000 years in the future. Oh, they had us hoodwinked, afraid we might say no or something. They never mentioned the length or duration of the trip. I don't understand it. None of us do, and we have some top scientists here. Something to do with suspended animation, with contraterrene matter, with teleportation. Something about latent extrasensory powers in everyone, about the ability to break down an object, or a creature, or a man, to its component atoms, to reverse, that's the word, reverse, those atoms and send them spinning off into space as contraterrene matter. It all boils down to putting a man in a machine on Mars, pulling a lever, materializing him here 5,000 years later. Jason smiled with only a trace of humor. Any questions? About a thousand, said Temple. I... Something buzzed on Jason's desk, and Temple watched him pick up a microphone and say, Coordinator speaking, what's up? The voice which answered, clear enough to be in the room with them, and without the faintest trace of mechanical or electrical transfer, spoke in a strange, liquid-syllabled language Temple had never heard. Jason responded in the same language, with an apparent ease which surprised Temple. Until he remembered that his brother had always had a knack of picking up foreign languages. Maybe that was why he held the coordinator's job. Whatever it was, he coordinated. There was fluency in the way Jason spoke, and alarm. The trouble lines etched deeply on his face stood out sharply. His eyes, if possible, grew more intense. Well, he said, putting the mic down and staring at Temple without seeing him. I'm afraid that does it. What's the trouble? Everything. Anything I can do? 
Item. The Superboys have discovered that Earth has two contingents here. Us and the Soviets. They're mad. Item. Something will be done about it. Item. Soviet Russia has made a suggestion, or, that is, it's people here. They will put forth a champion to match one of our own choosing in the toughest grind of all. Something to do with responding to environmental challenge. Which doesn't mean a hell of a lot, unless you happen to know something about it. Shall I go on? Antoine Temple nodded avidly. We'll automatically lose by default. One of the rules of that particular game is that the contestant must be a newcomer. It's the sort of game you have to know nothing about, and incidentally, it's also the sort of game a man can get killed at. Well, the Soviets have a whole contingent of newcomers to pick from. We don't have any. As the Superboys see it, that's our own tough luck. We lose by default. Seems to me. How can anything seem to you? You're new here. I'm sorry, Kit. What were you saying? No. Go ahead. That's only the half of it. Right after Russia takes our place and we're scratched off the list, the games go into their final phase. That was the rumor all along, and it's just been confirmed. Interesting to see what they do with all the contestants after the games are over, after there's no more nowhere journey. We could go back where we came from. 10,000 years in the future? I'm not afraid. Well, anyway, the Soviets put up a man. We can't match him. So it looks like the USSR represents Earth officially. Not that it matters. We hardly have the chance of a very slushy snowball and a very hot hell. But still, our contestant, this guy who meets the Russians' challenge, has to be a newcomer? That's what I said. Well, we can close up shop, I guess. You made a mistake. You said no newcomers have arrived. I'm here, Jace. I'm your man. Bring on your Russian bear. Temple smiled grimly. End of chapter 7